Well, Father Jonathan, are we done rejoicing? I never rejoice, I have to say. I am well, you the don't heed the words Grinch. of <laughs> You don't heed the words of St. Paul to rejoice, I do. and then he sends I'm it again. I being facetious. Mm-hmm. I just like to be grumpy. I think it's funny. That's right. It's it's ironic, and in that you cause joy in yourself. I think <laughs> that's I true. Think you enjoy. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> it's a, it's a difficulty of being the Grinch is that you enjoy mm-hmm. your misery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. That's, that's right. I do. That's good. That's good. Well, speaking of the Grinch, we are very close to Christmas. We are getting there. It is shockingly uh, close. As in, yeah. My so semester's we... almost over, and I'm kind of freaking out. So there you have it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my thing's just kind of picking up steam here because at a parish, uh, we're fast approaching Christmas, and that's the busy time of uh-huh. year. So while you're, while you're going to be relaxing on a beach somewhere, <laughs> I'm going to be doing uh, some serious uh, heavy lifting with liturgies right. and all. This is your busy time. That's right. That's right. So we have one more Sunday of Advent, and then uh, actually this year, what? We have Christmas on a Saturday, so it's going to be kind of an odd situation. Is, right? is it Christmas? And then, well, yeah, Christmas is on <clears> Saturday. So as we record this, we'll have one more Sunday of Advent, which we'll talk about today. And then uh, we have, I think next week we'll use the readings for the Holy Family, which is like the day after Christmas this year. (laughs) It's kind of a weird... Now, here's a funny thing. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So since it's on Saturday, Mm -hmm. this may be a silly thing to ask, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. Midnight is Sunday. Literally Uh, Sunday. Yes, it is literally Sunday. I guess it would always have counted... I don't know. Does it count for your Sunday obligation? It's not Sunday Mass. Just remember, though, that uh, the Midnight Mass is on Christmas Eve, not on Christmas Day. Like, like the Christmas Day is on Saturday. Christmas Eve is on Friday. There you have it. Yeah. yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So, so you got to go to Mass on Saturday and Sunday. But that's two weeks from now, a whole fortnight <laughs> away. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, we still got a little bit more uh, of this Advent thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. How are we doing with Advent? Do you have a, an Pretty, Advent uh, theme for your preaching these past few weeks? Um, no, uh, just because I, I kind of, maybe to put a very specific point on it, I, I'm kind of keeping my head above water right now um, <laughs> because we've had some we've had some uh, some shifting in the parish staff that has given me way too many uh, weddings to prepare for the coming mm-hmm. months, and so I'm just kind of trying to stay afloat here. Yeah. Uh, so my my Advent has been very focused on the readings as they've been presented to me. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on. So like the first week, I focus a lot on hope. Last week, I think I focused a lot on like the second coming or vice versa, one of the two. Um, and then today, as we record this, I focus a lot on joy uh, on Gaudete Sunday. And actually, most of what we talked about last week ended up in my homily. Um, I spoke a lot about what you were saying uh, with like the works of charity being the source of our mm-hmm. joy. Uh and then I also tied in what I said at the end of our recording last week, which was that that God delights in us mm-hmm. and that he rejoices in us. And so the source of our joy is the collaborating with God in the works of charity nice. uh, because his joy, his joy becomes our joy. Um, I even challenged like the, the people in the congregation, at least at one of my masses, uh, to stop and think about how God looks at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and have you ever really thought that God like rejoices in yeah. you? Um, I think I think a lot of people don't do that. That's often a... Uh a penance that I give people in the confessional. Oh, yeah. uh, to I mean, it, it's, it takes a certain, you know, certain people want, you know, their Hail Marys and Our Fathers. Um, 
but take a try and do this contemplative exercise where you where you place yourself in front of the Lord, sins and all, everything that you just confessed, and then look yeah. at the way that the Lord looks at you, because it's with joy. That's it's right. With happiness. It's yeah, with love. that's good. That's good. Uh, so joy was good, and I um I just try to emphasize in at least in the I preached twice today. I preached in the English and then in Spanish, and in the Spanish one. I tried to emphasize the two themes, going back to your question about themes for Advent, uh, the two themes that I'd been emphasizing the last two weeks of hope and preparation. Uh, I decided to talk today about how those two don't happen in a Christian way if they don't happen with joy. So we don't prepare for the coming of the Lord in a Christian sort of way unless we do so with joy. Um, Like we're not just sitting here sort of dour and fearful, whatever, Um, but we're joyful because we're looking forward to the coming of the Lord, you know? Um, so anyway, it was, it was good. It was good. I was happy with my homilies. My first one was about three minutes shorter than my second one. I think I got really into it the second time around. Cool. So we can leave all that stuff behind. Yeah. None of that joy. Mess. All the joy. Oh yeah. I got to tell you. So looking <laughs> at the readings for the fourth Sunday, it's weird to see for the first time kind of explicit mentionings of the Christmas story. Uh huh. Like what? Uh, well you see in the first reading you have, uh, Bethlehem, uh-huh. you know, and Bethlehem, she is who to give birth. Uh, when she who is to give birth has born, and the rest of his kindred shall return to the children of Israel. So uh, uh, a proclamation of the birth of Christ. And then you see in the gospel reading the annunciation that leads to the visitation. So we're, we're talking about, you know, Jesus being in the womb of his mother and, and all that. So like the, the imagery is no longer apocalyptic. It's not uh, kind of abstract, which on the Baptist, but it's focusing particularly on the birth of Christ. You know, as we're getting proximate to Christmas. Yeah, no, it is interesting, and I, that's one of the things that I noticed about. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the Annunciation; it's only kind of alluded to in the Alleluia verse, and then they go right into the visitation of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, which I think is, you know, it's interesting. It's not obviously this isn't the uh, Jesus's conception. Um, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate his birth. <laughs> that was nine months ago. Uh, so it makes sense mm-hmm. that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily be reading that particular story. Uh, but it's just it's just fascinating to me that, you know, obviously we're still kind of in that preparation leading up to the birth. Um, but that the Annunciation would just be kind of this footnote. It's like, yeah, 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 you know the story, and yeah. then, but let's focus on this thing. I mean, I guess that's nice that we can that we can just sort of assume something and then kind of focus on one aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I got to say, so at the Annunciation, which I, so I think it's generally a bit of a handicap within the liturgy, is that at the at the uh, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which we just celebrated this past week, we don't have a good reading for the gospel. Like, we, we give the reading of the conception of Christ, hmm. uh, which, is, which is conducive to all of the confusion, <laughs> right? Like, all the confusion that people have about what the Immaculate Conception is isn't helped by the gospel choice that day, which is the Annunciation, you know? Um which to your point, though, I think, you know, so if we're still going to continue on with the themes of Advent, not being specifically about the birth of Christ, uh, but about the second coming of Christ, I actually think it's maybe even appropriate that it's not the Annunciation, but the Visitation, because the Annunciation has more of that nativity feel for sure. You know, here's the conception of Christ and his mother's womb. But the Visitation, if we're going to put the focus less on the birth of Jesus and more on our preparing the way of the Lord when he comes again, well, the focus for me of the visitation has to do with that phrase, she traveled in haste. Like she just received the message of the Lord and she becomes an evangelizer mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. 
Like she becomes a missionary right away. In haste, she goes to the countryside to preach the gospel to her cousin. So if we're thinking about those themes of Advent that pertain to preparing the coming of the Lord when he comes again in glory, it's like we need to be like our mother. We need to be preaching the gospel in haste yeah. because that urgency is near, you know? Absolutely. One of the things that I really like about this this story, um, this kind of interaction between uh, between Elizabeth, Mary, Jesus, and John, uh, how each one of them plays this really fascinating role. Like I love that you know this challenge for uh, for all of us modern people, readers, um, worshipers, whatever. Uh, that Elizabeth feels. Uh, John and her womb leap for joy, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she says, blessed are you among women and blessed, blessed is the fruit of your womb. She can't see Jesus. She doesn't even, she hasn't even been told anything. She can feel it deep, like literally in her, in her body, uh, in the depths of her body. Uh, like, man, how often do we, do we think that we need to be, I mean, this goes, there's a whole lot of tangents that I could go on here, but like, how often do we think that we need to see Jesus's face? We do. Okay. But like, or else we don't, we can't be sure. Is this coming from the good spirit? Is this coming from the bad spirit? Is this, you know, heresy? Like there's all sorts of things that come up when we're not, when we're not sure. And we never are sure. Don't get me wrong. We can't be sure. Um, but Elizabeth shows us something quite spectacular here that, Okay, yeah, we can never be sure, but I don't know. What do you think she's getting at? Like, or what am yeah. I trying to get at? <laughs> well, I, I, no, no. I, I, so I, let me let me see if I can fill it out for you. I think that there's something beautiful in what you're saying, and that she trusts her. Like, we can met, we can we can abstract from this that she's trusting her internal experience. She trusts her gut. Of, <laughs> yeah, I mean. To, <laughs> I mean, to, <laughs> to put it in such a way, uh, she's trusting her gut there, you know, and like she is in the presence of the the living God, yeah. you know, in the womb of his mother. And that changes things in her and she feels something inside of her moved. And so she's trusting that movement within her heart, but in her womb as well, in the, the core of her being. But there's something really beautiful there that you could say that there's a great lesson in trusting mm -hmm. how God inspires us and not, and not be so doubtful Boom. of the experiences that we have of the Lord, yeah. you know? Um, Ooh. I think that's really beautiful. Really beautiful. Um, it does say, I mean, I, I don't know why you said that it didn't say. It does say that he oh, leaped for joy. Oh, there it is. That, down at the bottom. Yeah. 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 So the infant leaped for joy, which might be actually a really good tie back to mm -hmm. Gatate Sunday, that there is joy yeah. there, you know, um, that in the presence of our Lord in, in the womb of his mother, the, the response of the prophet is to leap with joy, you know, um, there is, uh, so biblical scholars will often point out that there's a connection here with uh, David. Uh, maybe you know this when you taught Old Testament. Do you remember when David was bringing the ark into Jerusalem? Uh, when, they were, that story? when they were dancing? Yeah, yeah. And so David dances naked before the ark of the covenant. Uh -huh. And so that, uh, a lot of biblical scholars who like to do this kind of stuff with Mary will see in that experience mm -hmm. uh, of David precisely what happens here in the visitation, is that David takes the ark through the hill country of Judea on the way to Jerusalem and the Ark of the Covenant in the New Covenant is Mary. And David is dancing for joy, much like John dances for joy mm. in the presence of the Ark. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I would never preach on that just because I don't think that that kind of... I like, <laughs> I, I've been realizing one thing about my homilies is that daily mass homilies are great for that kind of instruction. Yeah. Like to go off on a tangent about like how cool yeah. that is. But for a, a Sunday mass, I feel like I have a captive audience for, you know, 
like five to ten minutes and it's like i don't want to waste too much time on like how cool this is you know <laughs> yeah isn't um, that neat right right it's like wow that's neat but what does that have to do with my yeah, life you for know? sure so um, what does it have to do with our lives I, I th- I'm, I'm noticing two things that I'm, I'm feeling myself drawn to preach on. One is the, the missionary impetus that Mary feels mm-hmm. after receiving mm-hmm. the word. Um, and so you too, who have received the word, uh, where's the urgency that you have to preach the gospel in haste? Uh, and then the other thing is how do you respond when the word is spoken to you? Do you respond with joy mm-hmm. um, and, and belief, you know, joy from John the Baptist and belief from Elizabeth. Um Maybe those are two things that I'm thinking about right now. How about you? I think that's a really good point that we, you know, we can kind of get lost in the fanfare and all that jazz of Christmas. Um, and it's like, this was for a very explicit purpose, <laughs> kind of to what you're getting at. Like, we, this, the, uh, the second person of the Trinity has just become a human being. Like, and we're remembering that. What does that mean for me? You know, this is something that I often will come back to, like, how has this changed me, this encounter? Kind of like what you were saying right. with uh, Elizabeth feeling it down at the very core of her being, and it compelled her to to cry out in a loud voice and to, to be different. Like, this is something that calls us to a similar movement. Right, right. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, as you're, as you're saying that, I... I'm realizing now I, I'm not a big Grinch for Christmas, but I'm also not like, I don't really get caught up in a lot of the nostalgia of Christmas. Like, I wonder if like the liturgical season isn't, isn't really buying into a lot of the nostalgia either. Like we just spend so much time preparing for Christmas, but we do so little of actually talking about Christmas. Like it's almost like the liturgy, the liturgy betrays that intention, you know, um, that it really isn't about commemorating Christmas at all. It's like as a fun nostalgic thing. But like the urgency of the evangelization, the urgency of responding to the call, the urgency of now being missionaries in the world, like that's what we're reminding ourselves of, you know, and Christmas will come and we celebrate that with joy. But then there's a whole nother mystery there that we'll contemplate over the course of the next 12 days, you know, but right now it's a different thing. Yeah, I can't remember what it was that I was doing when I was on my pastoral year. Um, Something I kept like I would never I would intentionally not say Christmas, I think. And I would always refer to it as the birth of Christ or the coming of our Lord or things like that. Just to, I think mm. to like maybe unintent or intentionally trying to keep that nostalgia away. Like, oh, let's not just go on and on about how nice Christmas is and how good it makes us feel. It's like the coming of the Lord right, right. calls us to something very specific. And are we willing right. to, uh, like we have in our gospel, uh, to be, uh, to Go out with haste. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord will be fulfilled. Do we believe that last sentence? <laughs> like, yeah, he said it, she said it to Mary, but like the Lord speaks to us too. And you know what? Right. We have to believe right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. Hey, let's pivot for a second and let's just jump to the second reading because I know you like making sure that we get something in there for the second reading, but we're back into that Hebrews uh, sort of tedium that we were in a couple of months ago. Um, how does this fit in all this stuff about sacrifice and offering already? I mean, I think it goes back exactly to what we were saying about, you know, you can't, even though the the, sort of the thematic arc of Advent is now more specifically on the birth of Jesus, but you still can't get by what this is still really about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
And so, and I think this language of sacrifice is a really important one because it's still confusing for for people outside of the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> does the regular churchgoer understand what the sacrifice of the of Mass actually means? Um, you know, is it a? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into all of that, but but I think so. I think that this is that this could help us perhaps in that. Like the Lord is not asking for Holocaust and sin offerings. That was in the past. We've done that. Uh, something different has come. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I think one of the things that is standing out to me in the second reading is the word will. It's over and over again insisting on the will of God rather than, you know, sacrifices of, of rams, etc. It's It's doing the will of God, you know, and that's precisely what the Annunciation you know, crystallizes mm-hmm. is that she's doing the will of God and then she's going on, on this visitation. Um, you know, so how is it that, you know, in this Advent season, we're preparing the way of the Lord by doing his will. Like that's, that's kind of something that I was preaching on today with Gaudete Sunday was, uh, your precisely your point from last week was that the, the works of mercy and the works of justice are the will of God. And in doing the will of God, we find our joy. And so if Advent is a time of preparing the way of the Lord, it's by doing his will, that we prepare his way, you know, um, instead of by finding all the different ways in which we can do sacrifices or offerings, etc. It's like, okay, you can spend the entire Christmas season doing beautiful things for other people, hosting great parties or even giving to the poor. But like, are you actually trying to conform your will to the will of God? Um, and if you're not, then what, what are we celebrating? You know, what are we commemorating here if our hearts are left mm-hmm. unchanged? Yeah, I think that's a great, I mean, that's something worth preaching on regardless of the season, right? Like, wh- <laughs> why you know, we all know non-Christians that are really great people. What makes you different? Yeah. This is it. This yeah, is it. That's really good. This is exactly what makes us different. Right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I would just say, so, um, I, there's a lot of good, good here. You know, Christmas is very close. I think I'm leaning towards this in haste evangelization thing. I think that's a really cool, uh, thing to be preaching on. Are you leaning in any sort of direction on where you might focus? Uh, certainly, uh, I really like that. That's kind of what I was going on about with Elizabeth, um, kind of sensing, uh, the Lord knowing of his Mm -hmm. presence, even though she couldn't see him, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. How easy it is for us to not see the Lord. Um, when we're not, right. right. We don't actually really look, (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, and so perhaps perhaps that could be a, a focus. Um, looking at how are we actually not only um, are we hearing the word of the Lord, but how are we looking for the way that the that the Lord is at work in our in our lives? Yeah, yeah, something like that, perhaps. Yeah, uh, maybe just one parting thought, uh, just to throw like a curveball here. I'm very struck by the last line of the first reading that he shall be peace. Mm. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, what that means, uh, because there hasn't been peace, you know, since, <laughs> yeah. since Bethlehem, he was, he was born in the midst of conflict, yeah. uh, you know, immediately upon his birth, there Didn't was a say, genocide I'm of children. Gonna, I do not come to bring peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what does it mean? What is Christian peace? Maybe there's another, yeah. there's mm-hmm. another invitation there for preaching, you know, um, you know, listening to the voice of the Lord in our, in the, in the depths of our gut, uh, doing his will, like in that is our peace. Um, etc. So there could be a whole thing in there about yeah, peace. Yeah, no, that's that's. I'm gonna have to think on think on that. 
Cool, buddy. All right, man. So who knows? I hate to promise a Christmas episode because we never do it, but <laughs> maybe uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens. All right, buddy. Till next time. All right, pal.